We did start last week a series and um, it was around this scripture. So why don't we stand for a minute and read this scripture again and remind us of this uh, passage of scripture from the Bible. Um, by the Apostle Paul, I am reading from the passage translation that says, Though we experience every kind of pressure, every kind, not selective how many know pressure is not always selective? It just comes at you from all aspects. And we experience every kind of pressure. We're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. And so, Lord, Lord, we come to you, the one who found himself at the Garden of Gethsemane who contemplated, who'd thought, who was tempted to even utter the words, if there was another way. But you chose your father's way and you remained resolute, fixed and firmly given to outworking the will of our heavenly father. And we're grateful for that. And so I ask that you continue to bless this series as we unpack it. And may you speak to us, your people, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and grab a seat. We're looking at a five-part series simply called Quitting is Not an Option. And if you happen to be watching online, a warm welcome to you from wherever you've tuned in here today. Part one is Keep Going. And we covered that last Sunday. Part two today is keep growing. Part three is keep sowing. Part four is keep rowing. And part five is keep throwing. Personally, part five has to be one of the most powerful ones in this series when we get to it. So like I said last week, no one is more qualified to make such a statement that quitting is not an option like the Apostle Paul. I mean, he endured hardships, shipwrecks, beatings, imprisonments, hunger, slander, whippings, injustices, and he says quitting is not an option. Many of us these last two years certainly have endured pressure and all sorts of things have come against people in the last two years. But this list of things that I just rattled off with the Apostle Paul, some may even say, man, that is just another level of pressure. And so at the beginning of the year, I really felt that the Holy Spirit said this was a year of fruition. Fruition defined is fruitful fulfillment. And I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit wants to fulfill his plans and purposes in our life and our heart's desires and dreams. But in order to that, for that to happen, we do have to have a very strong resolve about not quitting on what we are called and assigned to do in life. Amen? Amen. There is something about people when they've got their backs against the wall and they've encountered disappointment or hardship 
or failure or loss. There's something about them as a person that says, I'm going to still remain committed to keep growing as a person. Not shrinking or staying static, but constantly growing as a person. After a failed attempt to conquer Mount Everest, Sir Edmund Hillary looked at the mountain that defeated him in his first attempt and said, I will come again and conquer you because you, pointing his finger at the mountain, cannot grow, but I can. There's something about people that deep down find something in them that says, I am going to keep growing as a person. And there's something about people who are not content to remain on the same level, who refuse to be inhibited in their growth and desire to reach their God-given potential. People who refuse to be stunted in their growth and their maturity and development. People who refuse failure and disappointment to rob them of their future and their hope. So the question probably at times to ask is, why do some people come to a standstill? Why do some marriages come to a standstill? It's a challenge in married life as I've and Kate and I have observed over the long many years of ministry. It's a challenge in married life when you have a husband and wife together and one has this insatiable appetite to grow, to excel, to develop, to reach for more and the other is static. It becomes a challenge. It's a challenge when you've got a husband and wife on a motorbike and you turn a corner and the husband leans the right way and the wife leans the other. (laughs) We're in for trouble. It's a challenge in married life when one spouse has this incredible desire to grow and become better and to develop and to master their weaknesses and flourish and develop as a person and the other partner is static. There's something about a husband and wife that is committed to growing and committed to listening to each other's feedback on one another, knowing that when they speak, they have the best interests of the spouse and the marriage in mind. Wow, you know, this is not a marriage thing, but... I think we should do a whole month just celebrating marriage. Some thought that was a good idea. Others thought, (laughs) others said, could you just keep moving on? (laughs) God is committed to growth. God has an expectation of whatever he deposits in our life is destined to grow. 
God never deposits something to reduce you, rather to increase you. We want to look at three quick things here on the theme of growth. One is what it means to understand when you're destined for growth, a desire for growth, and this one is demands of growth. Number one, let us look at what it means to be destined for growth. Genesis 1.28 says, Be fruitful and multiply. One of the first words that God has to say to humanity is, I've created you, now be fruitful and multiply. And I don't think that we should limit this just to the pre, pre, uh, pre, um, procreation theme. It's coming. God desires us to thrive, to multiply, and to be fruitful. Everything that he creates, he creates for it to reach its full potential. Everything that God creates, he creates for it to reach its full size. When a lion cub is born, he grows to become the king of the jungle. When the Californian red tree seed is planted in the soil, it grows to a whopping 300 feet. When the blue whale is birthed as an infant, it grows to 100 feet long and weighs 400,000 pounds. That thing's got to go on a diet, man. 400,000 pounds. Everything God creates, He creates for it to reach its full size and full potential, except man. Well, many do, but many don't, don't they? Studies tell us that 50% of people who graduate from high school will never go on to read an entire book for the rest of their life. Keep growing. Don't give up on it. God never created you to reach one level and then stop. I recommend reading. I recommend listening to podcasts. I recommend doing a course. I recommend gleaning and growing from people who know more than you. I recommend seeking out mentors. Keep, lo- keep learning, keep growing, keep developing, keep flourishing, keep becoming fruitful. Keep, keep, keep. You say, well, pastor, you know, I've been waiting for a mentor for a long time and you just can't find them. Listen, what if they never show up? What if the person that you're waiting for never shows up? What are you going to do about that? Are you going to blame your growth and your fruitfulness on the fact that no one showed up? God, we stand before you today at the great seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ. And, you know, I just, you've got to understand, Lord. <laughs> My wife and I have had the incredible privilege of hosting in our house 
We've been very, very fortunate. I myself have personally been incredibly grateful when Steve Covey turned up to our house. And then I'll never forget when John Maxwell turned up and we hosted him. And Billy Graham. I'll never forget when Jensen Franklin turned up, made a big impact on my life. And when T.D. Jakes showed up to my house and we hosted him, I thought, wow. And Reinhard Bonnke left an indelible impression upon my life when he turned up to our home. And John Bevere, well, that was a really challenging moment in the lounge room when he showed up. And, and these men have been amazing. I remember when Jensen turned up. <laughs> this book on fasting, I'm going to buy one for anyone that's interested, just to give them away. Revolutionised my life. Jensen was amazing when he turned up. Reinhard Bonnke, plundering hell and populating heaven. Amazing when he rolled up. Covey, seven habits of effective people. I think it's one of the most amazing books I've ever read on leadership. The Leadership Secrets of Billy Graham. Incredible. I think I'll never forget when Wayne Cadero turned up doing church as a team. One of the most insightful moments when I spent some time with him. And... Oswald Sanders is one of the most profound books on leadership you could ever read. To have fellowship with him was just incredible. I cannot thank the man enough for spending time with me. T.D. Jakes' book on T.D. Jakes, He Speaks to Men, was exceptional. To think that the guy would go out of his way to spend time with me. John Maxwell on the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. John Bevere's book on being extraordinary. And Jenny Craig turned up once too. <laughs> she didn't turn up for long, but... <laughs> and Fishing Australia, most important... Where are my fishermen here and fisherwomen? Come on, we need some help sometimes. Trudy, I forgot to get you up. I just saw you there. <laughs> Never mind, next time. What if no one turns up? Listen, there are so many of them waiting to turn up to speak a word of hope, of faith, of growth in your life. You do not have to wait for someone to turn up in person. You've got a whole library of them waiting for you. I said to the young people at college, how many, would, how many would spend $200 if I could line you up an hour with your favorite mentor, your favorite person that you look up to in life, someone who, a business person, a preacher, someone who you consider has reached whatever you call the apex of success. Would you spend $200 to have lunch with them for an hour? The young people put their hand up all over the place. I said, you're not serious. I said, you're not for real, man. You spend 200 bucks just to spend an hour with them. I said, but you won't spend $20 to 
to know the whole life. I said, you're not serious. You don't have to spend $200. You can spend $200 and get 10 of their books. Read. Church. Let us not be an experiential, let us not just be an experiential, Holy Ghost, flame-filled church. Let us also be an intelligent church. Listen, if we had as many, if this nation had as many library cards as we did credit cards... I cannot understand why a thief would break into someone's house, cart their LED big screen and camera or whatever else they can flog and walk right past that person's bookshelf. (laughs) One of the things I enjoy is going to people's homes who have bookshelves. I think to myself, I wonder what they're reading. Sometimes I like to borrow something. I'm still waiting for books that I've lent out and just for some reason have not come back. (laughs) Oliver Wendell Holmes says this, a mind stretched to a new idea never goes back to its original dimensions. A mind stretched to a new idea, let me, a new thought, never goes back to its original dimensions. You're all gone quiet on me. God is into growth and fruitfulness. In John 15, verse 1 to 5, there are four levels of it. You can read it. No fruit, some fruit, more fruit, much fruit. You see those words in the first five verses. Who's for much fruit? And then you have no faith, little faith, great faith, measures of it. And then you have 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. God is a God of measures. If you are faithful in the... He's a God of measures. The little girl, the little girl says to her nan, it's Christmas Eve. She says, Nan, she says, can we go and see the Christmas lights, Christmas Eve? She said, sure. So they go, they go from one shop window to another. You know how it is, the, the dressings, the lights, the nativity scenes, the cattle, the sheep, the manger, the angels, the Joseph, the Mary. And she looks at baby Jesus and she's tugging on Nan's skirt and she says, Nan, Nan, Nan. She says, why is Jesus the same size this year as what he was last year? I think that's a really good question. Why are some people the same size year in, year out? And who takes responsibility for that? Why do some people have the same hang-ups year in and year out? I flew to Adelaide one time and I'm, 
I caught up with somebody who was in our church and we got saved there in 81. And 17 years later, I was in Adelaide and someone said to me, hey, have you caught up with so-and-so? Yeah, I did, I caught up with They said something interesting. They said, because I had thought it when I met him. But then I caught up with someone else in you. They said, do you know that guy? He has never changed. And I think to myself, the Bible says from victory to victory, from strength to strength, from glory to glory. It is my opinion that, you know, and probably Rick and Fiona would give you better counsel than me, but... It is, my, it is my opinion a lot of marriages can run into strife because there's an inability and a desire to not be the same person you were. Some marriages bust up because the guy has never made a decision to transition and grow from being a single person to a married person. We... we we're in counselling one day and I said to the wife, why do you want to bust up with your husband? She said, he's still single. <laughs> and then she began to explain why. You go through many, many levels of selflessness if you want to grow, by the way. <laughs> you get married, welcome to another level of selflessness. You have children, welcome to another level of selflessness. You pastor a church, it's almost the apex of selflessness. Number two, oh man. Number two, desire for growth. If you want to grow and keep growing and not quit on it, you have to have a desire. Something in you has got to say, there's more. There's another level. Something in you has got to happen within you that is in pursuit of more. And there are two principles that Jesus points out in his parables. One is the talents, the parable of investment. Because he gives a man five talents, you know that one, two talents, and one talent. According to their own ability. Don't worry about what somebody else has. Focus on on your ability, even if it's just one. Because if you focus on one, it'll become two. And if you develop two, it'll become three. Amen? Each one to their ability. Listen, God is not duty-bound to produce fruit in your life. But he is duty-bound to produce seed. And you've got to do something with that. God's gift to you is seed. Your gift to back, back to him is fruit. Who's with me? Got a lot of thinking going on around here. And the other thing about growth is don't, don't downgrade what God wants to upgrade. Raymond Waterman just had a dream recently. Prophetic dream. She was riding a push bike and in her dream she realizes I've got a car. The Holy Spirit says, do not downgrade what I want to upgrade in your life. Secondly, the principle of improvement. If we're going to grow, we have to, we have to operate in investment. If we're going to grow, we have to buy into improvement. 
And he says a parable. He says a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper in his vineyard, look, for three years I've been coming for fruit from this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Why take up space? Look at the grace of God. But he answered and he said to him, sir, let it alone for this year until I dig around it, fertilize it, and it bears fruit. And if nothing comes of it, then we will cut it down. It's the principle of improvement. Don't be too quick to write your life off without fertilizing it, depositing stuff in it, nurturing it, helping it grow. Don't quit on yourself that quickly. The keeper in the vineyard said, give me 12 more months. Imagine, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody here. Imagine what can happen if you just gave yourself 12 months. Imagine in 12 months if you fertilized your life. Imagine in 12 months if you added some prayer, added some faith, added some belief, added some word, added some optimistic people around you, added some forgiveness instead of resentment, added a can do instead of a can't do, added winning mindset instead of a losing mindset, added a positive mindset instead of a negative mindset imagine what would happen in 12 months 12 months someone came up to their pastor was visiting the pastor said how long have you been visiting he said about three weeks no no he was visiting that was the first Sunday and he said what do you think the visitor says to the pastor I'll give you three weeks He said, you'll give me three weeks. He said, yeah. He said, how old are you, sir? He said, 54. He said, is it fair to say most of those 54 years have not been what you've wanted them to be? He said, yeah, they haven't been good. He said, you're going to give me three weeks, but 54 years have not been good. He said, give me 12 months. 12 months. 12 months. I wonder what would happen if you gave him 12 months. Time's racing. Quickly. Let's look, at, let's look at demands of growth. Let's look at the demands of growth. Lockie, could you come and play keyboard for us? I like this scripture in Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. The key words there is enlarge, stretch, lengthen, strengthen. If we really want to grow as people and we want to cultivate and develop all that God's deposited in our life, there's got to be something within us that says, Lord, enlarge me. Lord, oh, this is a hard one, stretch me. Lord, lengthen and strengthen me, Lord. I remember in our last church in Geelong where we were there, a visitor came. He goes, "Um, I knew him to be a visitor just through the exchange and introduction. I said, what brings you here today? He said, I, uh, I just, you know, just come check it out. I said, okay. 
He said, oh, you know, I just want to check out, see how it gels with me. I said, all right. He said, yeah, I want to see how, I want to see how, um, if I'm comfortable here. Oh, no, I thought, oh, my word. As soon as I hear that word. I said to him, sir, I said, can I politely say something to you? I said, I want to talk to you about the word comfortable. I said, what if God wanted you to come to this church and take you where you've never been before and it became uncomfortable? And then I said to him, sir, I said, my experience in life has been whenever I have felt enormous growth in my life, it's been because I've been uncomfortable. And God's placed me in a place where I've felt unsettled. How different to the other man who came to our church and he was a very affluent businessman. Greg knows this guy. He's well to do. I said, what's brought you to our church? He said, I've never heard, I think I'll go to the grave and never hear anything like this. He said, what's brought me to the church? I said, yeah. He said, it's prickly. I said, prickly church? He said, yeah, very prickly. I said, why would a man like you come to a prickly church? He said, Zoran, he said, I'm a businessman. I'm doing well. God's blessed it. I have a wonderful family, a great marriage, wonderful children. I'm comfortable. He said, I come here because what gets delivered off the platform here makes me incredibly uncomfortable. And people like you have a way of getting in under my flesh and irritating me. Sometimes it's an annoyance. But I want to be bigger than I am. If you've come here and you're visiting here, welcome to a prickly environment. And if you want to join the team and become a part of a group of people that want to change the world, We are not after being comfortable. Stop living in a six by four world when you can live in some open space in your spirit. Who can say amen? What a tragedy. What a tragedy in life to live in. What a tragedy in life to be able to be open to living in open space, but settle for six by four. The Heidelberg Bear story is a true story that's told in Germany. This bear lived in the confined space of his cage. Four, seven, ten, six, 
3, 1. And it lived in this cage of limitation. Day in, day out. Month in, month out. Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Back and forward. Scenery never changes. People are like that. Same issues. Same hang-ups. Ten paces up. Ten paces back. Same addictions. Same negative pessimistic attitudes. Ten paces up. Ten paces back. Same filthy language that they're happy with. Same pessimistic disposition. Same old offence. Ten paces up. Ten paces back. Same hardness of heart. Same old baggage of rejection. Ten paces up. Ten paces back. Same old, same old. Same old disappointment. Same old life's unfair. Same old feeling neglected. Ten paces up. Ten back. Same old low self-esteem. Same old feeling not good about themselves, which is not good. But it's ten paces up. Ten paces back. Same old regret. Same old living in the past. Same old mindsets. Same old issues with anger. Same old addictions with alcohol and drugs. Ten paces up. Ten paces back. Spoke to a couple that ran Carabran Drug Drug and Rehab Centre, border of South Australia and Victoria. I said, what's your success rate with drug and rehab? He said, success rate is 90% when? I said, 90%? He said, yes, when? When? Someone arrives at the place and says, enough is enough and makes a decision to come here. Watch this, this is what he said. And makes a decision to come here for 12 long months. 90% success rate. He said, after 25 years on, we had a reunion and the people came back and rejoiced. Years of being free. Because the gardener said, give it 12 months. Don't chop it down. They wanted to do the bear a favour because it's come to old age. And they grabbed the cage and transported it to an open zoo with no fencing, no no cages. They took the cage. They shot the dart in it to knock the bear out. They lifted the cage 
they lifted the cage off the platform into open space. And the bear's lying on the platform. They wanted to experience freedom. We want that for people like nothing else. And the bear starts to wake up and stands up on his platform. No cage. And the bear goes on the platform. Open space. No cage. They shoot the dart in the bear. The bear collapses and goes to sleep on the platform. They roll the bear off the platform. You guessed it. You did, didn't you? You know where it's going. The bear wakes up on lawn. And on lawn, no platform, no cage. Their bear wakes up. On the lawn, no cage, no platform. What a travesty and what a tragedy for someone to come to Jesus Christ and experience what it means that he whom the sun sets free is free and still be pacing. Do you know what I mean? And still be pacing. I want you to embrace everything that Jesus has got for you when He says, when I have set you free, you are free indeed. When I have set you free, you are free indeed. When I have set you free. When I have set you free, you are now an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. You are no longer a victim or a peasant or a loser or a nobody. You have a position and a place of status in the kingdom. When Jesus Christ gets involved with you, He comes in the innermost part of your being and unlocks this life-giving force and this light, this incredible freeing Power that should set you free from every addiction, every hang up, every hold up, every sin. When Jesus Christ comes in, man, He opens up this freedom and this space and He wants you to walk. He wants you to live. He wants you to thrive. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to become fruitful. He wants you to blossom. He wants you to become effective. He wants you to become influential. He wants you to make something of your life. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be able to touch other people's lives. He wants you to be an example. He wants your light to shine. He wants you to come out of darkness. He wants you to move forwards. He wants you to press on. He wants you to move up. He wants you to become the head. He does not want you to become the tail. You are more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. He's conquered death, hell and the grave. Come on, live your life. Live it. Live it. There's a world we have to reach. There's a city we have to touch. There's a region here of broken humanity. Don't pace anymore. Stop pacing and get out and become everything that God has destined for you to be.